You're listening to the Hello Awesome Podcast, and this is episode number 33. Welcome back to the podcast, my friend. We are continuing our conversations about mental health here during the month of October, and today we have another insightful interview that you do not want to miss. Jay Mooney Rodenbush is an accomplished speaker, teacher, and writer who serves as Dean of Administration and Director of Women's Ministries at Indiana Bible College. You may be familiar with her father and pastor of Calvary Tabernacle in Indianapolis, Indiana, Brother Paul Mooney. Jay works alongside her husband, Rob, the Associate Pastor of Calvary Tabernacle and Executive Vice President of IBC. I met Jay during a Connecticut Ladies Conference this past April, and her words truly stirred my heart. In this episode, Jay speaks about having faith in spite of fear and gives us valuable insight on how we can take care of our mental health. Honestly, this woman of God is so precious to me in many ways, and I just know her words will bless your heart too. So let's get right into it, my friends. This is episode 33 Battling Fear and Anxiety with Jay Rodenbush. You're listening to the Hello Awesome Podcast. I'm JC, and this is the place where we get real, sharing truthful insights that will encourage us to make intentional choices in both life and business. I want to start conversations that not many young Christians today are having. Will you join me? This podcast is brought to you by my new book, The Glitter Effect. Have you ever spilled glitter? It's almost impossible to get every speck back into the bottle. This is exactly how our influence is with the people around us. What we say and do matters, especially if we are to reflect Christ. Are you ready to leave behind a legacy that shines for Him? Then grab your copy today on Amazon by searching for The Glitter Effect or head to the show notes for a direct link. I am pleased to announce that the Hello Awesome podcast is sponsored by the modest fashion clothing brand, Nuggles. Aiming to always provide beautiful, comfortable, and affordable apparel, Nuggles desires every lady to embrace modesty with style. You don't have to break the bank or sacrifice that morning latte when you shop with Nuggles. In fact, Hello Awesome listeners can use the 10% off exclusive discount code by using HelloAwesome10 during checkout. Go to Nuggles.us to browse their full collection today. Again, that's N-U-G-G-L-E-S dot U-S to shop high quality products to add to your modest wardrobe right now. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Hello Awesome podcast. I'm so excited that you are joining me again today. I have with us today Jay Rodenbush. She is the Dean of Administration at IBC, and I'm so thankful that she has taken the time to join me today. I met her back in the Connecticut Ladies Conference earlier uh, this past year in April, and uh, she shared a heartfelt message that I felt we all could benefit from hearing on the podcast today. So, Jay, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us. Can you please share who you are and what you do? Well, thanks for having me. This is an awesome ministry, and I'm excited to be a part of it. I do work at Indiana Bible College, and I work with the women's ministries and also in the administration. 
um, my background. I went to college and got a degree in music and corporate communication. And I did work in the corporate world for a while in um, corporate communication writing for TWA, the airline, and then also worked for some advertising with some fashion companies. So that was exciting. And now um, I went back to school, got a degree in higher education, college and university administration. And so I've been working alongside my husband, Rob, who's the associate pastor at Calvary Tabernacle in Indianapolis and the executive vice president of IBC, and my father, brother Paul Mooney, who is the president of IBC and the pastor at Calvary. But my main job, the job I love the most, of course, is being the mother to two amazing kids. I have a daughter who's 15 and a son who is 12, and they're amazing. And what every mother is supposed to say, they think their kids are the best. (laughs) Absolutely. Of course, every every child is the best to their mother. <laughs> Definitely. You should feel that way. Yeah, I know I do. <laughs> so when we met in April this past year, it was such an amazing conference. God really blessed every single message. You came with your mother-in-law, the other sister, Rodenbush, and it was such a pleasure meeting you both. And you spoke that first night. And I remember after hearing you speak, I was shouting so many amens and nodding my head so profusely uh, with everything you were saying. I was, I was just in awe at that message because it was about overcoming fear and anxiety. And I know we talked about this before we uh, started recording, but how present are these in the church today? Oh, I think... It's very prevalent. I think it's prevalent in society and what we see in society, we see in the church and just the devil is just beating people up uh, with fear and anxiety. And I know that God allows people to go through different times and different seasons and some are rougher than others. And I, I, I don't think just because we're somehow we've disciplined ourselves enough or we're living, um, you know, just this overcoming life that we're never going to be attacked by fear and anxiety. I think it's just something that the devil kind of sneaks in on us sometimes and we're not even, well, we're not even paying attention hardly. And we think we've got life together. And then all of a sudden it's like, whoa, Mm -hmm. I'm being attacked mentally in a, in a, in a new way. Yeah, I agree. And I do think it's something that, it happens, but for some reason we don't feel comfortable enough to talk about it. And I'm not sure if it's shame or something else, maybe personal, but I wanted to know why do you think it's so difficult for us as Christians, especially in this Pentecostal movement, I guess, because this is our lifestyle. Why do you think it's so difficult for us to not just have victory over fear and anxiety, but to discuss it? Well, uh, I, th- I think, you know, and the body of Christ, sometimes we get used to putting on the happy face and we want to be there for one another so much that we're not often honest about the times when we need strength from other people and when we need to show our own vulnerabilities. We want to be strong. We want to show the Holy Ghost working in us. We want to say, hey, this is working. I'm doing great because we want to help other people that we're not often showing those vulnerabilities and those things that are maybe that we struggle with. 
in our own life. And so as sisters in the body of Christ, showing kindness and mercy and compassion to one another is so important. But it's also, you've got to show that self, you've got to show that to yourself. I'm showing kindness to yourself and mercy to yourself and compassion. When I have these thoughts, when I have these feelings, it's okay for me to go and share this and say, look, I know I've been strong for you. And other times I've been a mentor to you, but right now I need, I need prayer with this. I'm struggling with this problem or that problem, or the devil's really attacking my mind in this area. I think that's really important to get to the point where we can open up and, and share when, when we are vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I definitely think we do want to be helpful. We do want to be that light. And so when we feel like we're, I guess, lacking, we almost feel shame about it. You know, like somebody with the Holy Ghost shouldn't, shouldn't have fear and anxiety. But like you said, it's like we beat ourselves up, but we're just humans. And so that's why we need to just turn to the Lord and open up to other people and not I guess, deal with it alone. I, I definitely agree with that. I know um, even myself, I used to think, I really thought that um, the principle that fear is the opposite of faith was a biblical principle. I just, I had heard that fear is the opposite of faith. I've heard people say that over and over and over. And so, wow, I didn't want to not have faith, but I started looking that up and fear is not the opposite of faith. That's not in the Bible at all. Mm-hmm. Now, it does say that perfect love casteth out all fear, mm-hmm. and God has not given us the spirit of fear. But nowhere did I find that it said that if you have the Holy Ghost or if you're a Christian, you're not going to experience fear or anxiety. And I believe sometimes God allows trials, He allows struggles to come our way that have fear attached to them. You know, I think about um, just as a mother, when, when you think about Abraham laying Isaac on the altar as the sacrifice, man, do you think he could have done that without fear? God was asking him to move into a time of sacrifice that had some fear attached to it. So I think Abraham had obedience in spite of fear, and that's the ultimate faith. It's saying, God... I trust you through my fear. I trust you through my anxieties. I give them to you. I, I don't understand it. I don't get it. It scares me. I'm not sure about this, but I'm going to trust you anyway. And so right. I think that that's being, when you come and you say, I'm going to be real, the greatest fear you'll ever experience is when you lay your hopes and your dreams and your promises on the altar And you really dedicate them to the Lord. And I think that can't be done without some fear and anxiety if you're a normal human. And I think we have to get to the point where we're truly brothers and sisters in the Lord. And we can say, hey, I got to go through this, but it's scaring me to death. Or I'm facing this trial and it's very scary. And um, I know um, I went through a period of time where um, we went through some serious health issues. And I went through a 21 day hospital stay myself. And um, when you, it changes you when you've gone through illness. And after that, I really struggled with um, fear and anxiety. And it would come on almost with this heaviness, especially 
as night would come or as it was time to go to bed, I would just start, oh my goodness, I'm going to be up all night and because I'm nervous, because I can't sleep, because, and so you get into this escalating sense of anxiety and fear. Yeah. And I remember one night my husband said, you know, that's the devil and you have to resist the devil and he will flee from you. And we always, I don't, I'd always seen that scripture, that James 4 scripture, resist the devil and he'll flee from you use in reference to sin, you know, and temptation, but never in relationship to fear. And that helped me so much when I could lay there and I'd say, okay, I'm going to resist this feeling because I know I have a God of peace. And I could just maybe sing um, a song that was peaceful or put on some music that was peaceful or, and allow God to minister his peace to me that was something that took me through that fear and anxiety more so than just, oh, get over it or, oh, push through it. It was, no, I have to know where this is coming from. This is not a real feeling. What I'm feeling maybe is not real. I am safe. I am loved. I am saved. I am, I do have the Holy Ghost. Now I just need to let the Lord minister to me that peace that comes to me in the darkness of the night. And I think that's a real healing thing when you can just allow God to minister that to you. And that's not to say that it won't come back on you because it doesn't matter how many times I face that. There's going to be night maybe where that fear or that anxiety will try to come back on me. And I got to go through that process again. That doesn't make me a failure. It makes me a recipient of God's grace over and over and over again. I think that's thing us to see, see the truth that, you know, panic attacks, anxiety, those things are real. But if the devil can get you to just concentrate just on that, he's disabled you to work for the kingdom. You're benched. If, if you get, you know, if depression takes you out, if you're, you know, if you're struggling with this so much that you know, you've got your bunny slippers and your robe and you're eating gallons of ice cream every day in a dark room, you're not being as effective as you could be. And so it's a great temptation that he uses to keep the body of Christ not doing the things they are supposed to do. When you do kind of fall into that trap, then he gets you with guilt because you have this guilt like, oh no, I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do. It's just kind of this cycle. And you got to cut yourself some slack and say, you know what? I'm human. Yes, I face this, but I also let God minister to me and kind of come back to that. Where can I get peace? Where do I feel peace? How do I feel peace? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I like how you were just talking about when you find yourself, you know, kind of secluding yourself. That's that's when you really need to look at your situation in a realistic way because um, it is easy to get down that dark path and it does feel good sometimes to be by yourself not gonna lie <laughs> it does now I'm <laughs> but, I'm all for alone time I don't think that yes. I need seclusion in a certain sort of way absolutely but when you find yourself avoiding people and you know you know when it's a needed rest and when it you're hiding from the world because there's something else going on those right. are the times we have to force ourselves Force yourself. You've got to find a trusted person. Call somebody you've never called before. You know, maybe it's your youth pastor's wife. Maybe it's your pastor's wife, but somebody in authority, someone that you can trust, somebody that you know has a prayer walk 
And all you need to do is, if you're not comfortable telling them everything at once, just say, hey, I need prayer. And you'll be surprised. A lot of times God will put on their heart what they need to pray for you. And then you guys can just start a relationship that will help you get out of that that isolation that you talked about. Yeah, I agree. Just take that that step forward to reaching out. I think that's an important point. And, you know, this kind of brings me into my my next thing that I wanted to talk about is you work with young people on a daily basis. And I'm sure you have seen the struggle with mental health in them as you're ministering to them. And I want to know, is the role of social media playing a bigger part now in the enhancement of these issues within the church? Oh, I, I definitely think so. Um, and this quote is attributed to several different people, but I think it sums up social media. It says, comparison is the death of joy. And I think social media is all about comparison. And you can't hardly go on Instagram without, you know, looking at other people and then our brains automatically compare ourselves to them. And we know that the Bible tells us that this isn't wise, that we shouldn't do it, but it keeps us in this comparison. Oh, wow. They had a big family vacation. They have this outfit or they have that outfit. And what you don't see is, yeah, maybe they took the vacation, but maybe they put it on a credit card and they're thousands of dollars in debt. Or yes, maybe they have that outfit, but you know, maybe they didn't put it into their college education. I don't, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's just this trap of comparison. And we know that we shouldn't do it. And somehow we do it anyway. It's just kind of the human, it's our human nature. And um, I think that's a big part of social media is just constantly, well, man, if I was doing this, I'd be happier. Or we get into this sense that uh, we're not doing enough or we're not enough or we're not pretty enough or not, you know, all of the things that culture today, pop culture sells us. We just eat that up and stress sells. We start living in stress. Mm -hmm. The more stressed out we are, the better we are as consumers. Mm -hmm. If um, I read a book not too long ago um, by a woman and she used to edit the ladies home journal and she was talking about how much money people are making by keeping women stressed out, stress cells. So if wow. you are stressed, you need products then mm. to unstress you. So that's why the spa industry is billion dollar industry. That's why, you know, oh my goodness, I'm so stressed out. I need bubble bath. I need this product. I need a massage. I need a manicure. I need, you know, it's all these products that can go into, instead of really addressing our need, we're addressing these little symptoms of stress. So that's, I think the world benefits because stressful people are consumers typically. Yeah, that, that is true, especially us as women. And I'm not sure if it's, you know, a, a, just a female thing, but um, I know just because I am a woman and you know too, but you know, <laughs> when we do get stressed out, you know, we're like, oh, I have to buy that ice cream or I have to, you know, sure. buy that extra food. But um, But I do understand what you're saying is that when we are kept almost suppressed in this like suppression type anxiety and fear, this bubble of just negativity, 
the world does feed off of that and people do benefit financially from that in this world. And so I think as people in the church, especially us women in, in the church, we should be aware of that and try to uh, break the cycle yeah. Um, for our, for of course, for our benefit, uh, but also as an example to the younger generation. So, I think even if we're not spending consumers, oftentimes we're consumers of media, yeah. your Netflix, your you know all of your on-demand video. That's huge business, and it's huge business for people who get into this isolation, stress, you know the Netflix and chill idea, that whole concept is based on I deserve this because I'm stressed out. And not that it is a bad thing necessarily to treat yourself occasionally, please don't get me wrong. But when it becomes a trap to where you're avoiding people and and you have that avoidance factor come in, I think that becomes a bigger issue and something, again, that keeps us from being as effective for the kingdom. When we're Netflix and chilling, we are not teaching a Bible study. We're not out ministering to other people. And self-care is important. Please don't get me wrong in that. But I think we've got to work to keep ourselves, not just consumers. Mm -hmm. Right. I do think that's important too. And it is easy to do now that we have technology at our fingertips. And I do agree with you that we're not talking against you know, self-care, we're not talking about, you know, you throwing on a show every once in a while or a movie or you just having a day. It's, it's not about that. It's like you said, when you have that mentality or that desire to avoid people on purpose. Yeah. If we live in the defeated mentality, oh, I just can't handle that. I can't, oh, I can't people today. I can't, oh <laughs> yeah. my goodness, this is too much for me. Homework, oh my goodness, it's too much. It's all, when real stress hits, if we fall victim to this idea mm. that all these things are stressful, I think women, as women, as young people, as Xbox, we're stronger than that. And uh, there will be a time when real stress comes into our lives. And if we've wasted all of our energy on just the cares of life, when the real stress comes, sickness, money problems, times when you can't pay the bills, your emotional energy will already be depleted. You know, we have women, you look at two generations ago, women who went through the Holocaust, women who went to World War II, women who had stress and heartache that no day at the spa was going to fix, but yet they came and built lives and built families after that was over. I think we have a lot more inner strength than we give ourselves credit for. And there's something about, you know, hashtag first world problems. Yeah, these really are first world problems. And we have to put them in proper perspective because there is an inner strength that can come through the Holy Ghost, through our own sense of, you know, just when, when we need it, it comes. And we have to push back on the things that the enemy would make seem stressful so that we have the energy when life really hits us or takes us for a loop. Because it rains on the just and the unjust. We're going to feel times when there is real pressure and we're going to need the strength of the Lord. I hope that made sense. <laughs> yeah, no, it made a lot of sense. And, you know, I was just thinking about a lot of the times we don't talk about this because we feel shame and that guilt, like you were saying before. 
It could also be, you know, we might have a little bit of ignorance and pride. We don't want to make it a big deal. You know, we're, we're kind of too good to talk about this stuff. It's not that big of a deal. But um, I love that you're being very vulnerable here because I think it really is going to help somebody just start these conversations. And I think one thing we have to start thinking about, and maybe, you know, you can weigh in is we have to start doing a better job at ministering and speaking into these situations instead of shying away from them and not to enhance it like you were just talking about not having a defeated mentality or not um, being so hyper focused on it to to almost put it on a pedestal almost like idolatry right but to speak into it so that light can shine in that dark area what's something that we could do to, to battle fear and anxiety in our lives? How can we do a better job at speaking into these situations on a daily basis? Um, something that's helped me is just the power of scripture. And I don't think it ever hurts to get a journal and write down scriptures. Um, you know, I have a list of just scriptures about fear. And if I need to resist the devil, when he's coming against me with that feeling or I feel that heaviness kind of coming into my heart or into my mind, I I could just start reading those scriptures and praying the scriptures. Sometimes you don't even know what to pray for a long time. You know, maybe this is vulnerable. I don't even know that they teach prayer in the, in the way I think we teach people, you got to have 30 minutes, but a lot of times we get so hung up on that, that we don't, know that just reading scripture out loud can be a form of prayer. Mm -hmm. And so that's been huge for me. And so just going through Psalm 34, I sought the Lord and he heard me and he delivered me from my fears. Joshua 1, 9, have I not commanded thee, be strong and be of a good courage, be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. Maybe it's not KJV, But whatever helps you get through that and just start reading those verses as promises, and that can give you a lot of strength. Oh my goodness, you can be pretty down. And if you start reading encouraging scriptures, you start reading Psalms, the right Psalms, the right scriptures at the right time can just encourage you and bring you back from very dark places Mm. and minister to you when you feel alone or when you feel like you can't talk to anybody. First of all, you can talk to somebody. I think we got to get that out of our mind. I think the enemy says, you can't tell anybody this. That's too much. You know, you're supposed to be a leader. You're supposed to be this, or you're supposed to have the Holy Ghost, or, you know, you're not supposed to struggle with that. Please tell someone, find someone you can talk to. And then secondly, just pray the scriptures. The internet makes it so easy. You can Google scriptures on fear, scriptures on anxiety, and pop, it'll bring up a million, you know? And if you just start declaring those, it will suddenly something can shift in your spirit and in your mind. And what seemed overwhelming or what seemed so discouraging, you can sometimes, if you can't see the complete light at the end of the tunnel, at least you can get through that dark night until you can get somewhere where you can get some help from somebody. But I really just feel like be sensitive to one another. If somebody says, I'm struggling with fear, I'm struggling with anxiety, take that seriously. We live in a time where Satan not only tempts us with that, but he tempts us with suicidal thoughts. He tempts us with all sorts of 
And we do have to resist the devil on that. But as ministers and, and as people who are in the church, we have to be sensitive. If we hear things from people and we know they're struggling, we need to be really sensitive that we um, pick up on those things and try to make sure we don't want to lose anybody to that mm-hmm. type of temptation. And um, we got to be there. We've got to be sensitive and, we, and we've got to be there for when those people need us. Yeah. Did I that agree. answer your question? I hope yeah. so. <laughs> no, it did. I, you know, I really do agree. And I think it's important that, like you said, it's something that we have to kind of look at it in a serious way because out in the world, it has been very easy for people to adopt the idea of fear and anxiety as like their identity. Like, this is just who I am. I have fear, I have anxiety. So this is part of me now. And then they kind of try coping with that as if it's part of the makeup that God has given them when it's not true. And I think what you were saying is we will have fear, we have anxiety, but God has created us in his image and he hasn't given us the spirit of fear. He hasn't given it to us. They're not gifts to hold on to. They're not, you know, like, oh, I'm funny. I'm happy. You know, I'm creative. I'm also fearful and I have anxiety. You know, they're not part of (laughs) of your personality and, and who God has made you to be and who he wants you to become. And so if we can just separate that and realize that It's not part of who I am. I will experience that, but let me not hold on to it like it's a trophy or like if it's a badge of honor because it really isn't because we can't overcome that way. Right. I think, you know, when we live in a society where 46% of teens admit that they hurt themselves, they cut themselves or they harm to self-harm in some way, that is an alarming statistic. And we can't be fooled into thinking that this isn't going to infiltrate into the church. Sometimes we say, okay, well, but that's not the church. That's, and hopefully those statistics don't hold in the church. But it, what we see in society will show up in the church at some point. So we've got to be open and we've got to learn how to address these subjects in public so that people know, hey, if I'm struggling with cutting, it's okay to tell somebody. If I'm struggling with self-harm, if I'm struggling with an eating disorder, if I'm struggling, because all of those things go back into fear, they go back into self-doubt, they go back into anxiety. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's basically all the same kind of symptom. You know, those are all just symptoms of the same deep problems that yeah. we see. And God can help you through that, but we've got to talk about it. And we've got to be open about these things because, yeah, they are filtering through. We'd like to say that they're not, but I'm afraid that they are. And too many times they're, they're covered up and we're so embarrassed to talk about them. And really, the more you talk to people, you'd be surprised what people have dealt with and their testimonies. And I think that's important, you know, to hear people's testimonies and to hear what, what God has brought them through because it helps us to know, okay, I'm, I'm normal. And um, it helps us to know that we can make it. If they made it, I can make it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And it's through the testimonies that he can be glorified 
And that's another thing is too, is fear and anxiety, they don't bring God glory. So that's one thing that we also have to realize too, is it definitely isn't something from the Lord because it doesn't reflect how good he is. And yeah, I'm just so thankful that you have been vulnerable and have taken the time to share this, you know, with us today. And, you know, it was very deep conversations, but I think this is how people can have breakthroughs is if we could just talk about the hard stuff in a respectful way, but also in a real tangible way. I think people will start hopefully realizing they're not alone and we all are in this together, brothers and sisters in Christ. Yeah. My daughter and son are four years apart. So she's always kind of played a little bit of a mother role to him. And he was outside one day and fell. And um, she just came in screaming, Mom, Mom, Robbie's hurt, Robbie's hurt. And I said, Mickey, calm down. And I said, it's going to be okay. And she goes, but I feel like I need to panic. (laughs) And I think sometimes we all feel like that, even though the situations in our life are going to be okay. We just have this sense, but I feel like I need to panic. I feel like I need to panic. And so sometimes I'll remind myself, you know, it's kind of became this standing joke around our house, but I feel like I need to panic. Uh, No, (laughs) everything's going to be okay. He just fell off the swing. It got a sore knee. And I think that's how God looks at us sometimes. He's like, really, if you could just see the big picture, I've got this all under control. Why are you so worried? You don't need to panic. I've got this. And rest and know God is our father. He holds our world in his hands. It's such a beautiful and it's overwhelming to really think that you're his child. He wants the best for you. And he gets the benefit of seeing the end from the beginning. So you don't have to worry. You don't have to fret. You don't have to live with all this anxiety because you don't have to panic because he's got you in his hand. And if we really get sights on that, oh my goodness, you know, I can just feel emotional just even saying that because he's, wow, he's my father. He cares for me. He loves me. And when you say that to yourself and you go, hey, I don't need to panic. He's got the end from the beginning. He knows my comings and my goings. It's, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing. And he loves us so much. And he doesn't want us to have to live in what the world would have us live in. Mm-hmm. This, this sense that everything's going so fast and everything's so terrible and it's all horrible. You know, the, that calamity that the world tries to present. But he has, and, and we talked about that during um, the Connecticut Ladies Conference, he has righteousness, peace, and joy for us yes. in the Holy Ghost. Righteousness, peace, and joy. And I know that's where we want to live. And that's, that's our comfort that he has for us. Thank you so much for letting me come and talk to you. It was really fun. My first podcast so far. Thank you very much. Oh, you're so (laughs) welcome. Well, thank you so much for being on. And that's such an encouraging thought to, to end with is that he is our father. He loves us and he just has good things in, in mind for us. And I just am so grateful for you and for your ministry and for your heart. And I'm, I'm just grateful that we were able to meet in real life and so thankful for you, Sister Jay. 
Oh, I hope I get back to Connecticut soon. I love your pastor. The readouts are amazing people, really mentors and encouraging forces in our lives and in our movement. And wow, to be able to sit under his teaching, you are so blessed. And I just, they're amazing people. And I'm thankful we for pastors in our lives and you have some of the best. So yeah, I, I agree. I do like it here. Yeah. I think I'm going to stay a while. <laughs> To connect with Jay online, check out her website, jrodenbush.com. That's J-A-Y-E-R-O-D-E-N-B-U-S-H.com. You can also check out IBC Connect on Instagram. And Jay also has a growing Facebook group, J.M. Rodenbush Blog. And so you can search that on Facebook and join as well. And you can join these conversations and more. So connect with Jay online and continue to be blessed. If you found this episode inspiring or helpful, would you take a screenshot of it and share it on your Instagram stories? Tagging me at Hello Awesome Ministries. It will encourage me that you were blessed. Also, don't forget to leave a review and subscribe so you can tune into future episodes. To learn more about Hello Awesome, head to helloawesomeministries.com. Until next time, keep your chin up, beautiful.